0: Out of all the times of football year, guys, that every fan looks forward to, it's Super Bowl, it's opening kickoff, and the third one, and I'd say one of the biggest ones of the year, is always, always the NFL draft. Now, obviously, look, the rivalry is back here, Big Rat, Danny, and I, we're all here to talk football. Obviously, Danny's going to have a lot to say, um, considering certain moves have happened, but before we get into all of that, guys... It's been a while. I know since Danny's been on here. Big Ratty, I know you've been on here a couple of times since the New Year started. But how are you guys doing on this uh, fine April day as Big Rat's recording outside?
1: Uh, It is a nice day outside. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, We got a new puppy, uh, so I have a dog running around here. Uh, So if I'm ever distracted or there's a lot of noises, that's why. But uh, I'm doing good. doing good. Not much complaints. Same here. Very well, very well. Um, Sports-related, great. You know,
2: my New York Knicks are delivering one of the best seasons I've ever seen, honestly, which is sad to say. And, uh, you know, my team just made the the biggest quarterback move I've ever seen as well. So,
0: doing great.
1: And my Heat are doing really well, too.
0: And uh, And My Raptors are looking for a coach, so there's that. (laughs) Uh, But I have my Leafs about hopefully breaking the curse on Thursday night, but that's neither here nor there. This is a distraction from that. Um, you know what? I was gonna say, let's talk draft first, but you know what? Let's rip the band aid off right away. Obviously, I'm not gonna say <laughs> what happened, I'm not gonna say what happened because people already, already know. Do you want me to have you guys like freak out like Mina Kimes, Dan Orlovsky did yesterday? Or you know Which what? I didn't
2: understand why.
0: I'm yeah, no, that was like the biggest, like, hey guys, Adam's gonna announce this. We've known this for like six weeks now that this is gonna happen. So Nate- Freak they, out.
1: It started because Mina panicked at the thought that they would give up this year's 13 without trading down, just giving okay. it up outright. And Mina freaked out, and everyone saw her freak out and then freaked out as a result.
0: But the big move, obviously, yesterday coming in with Conor McGovern re-signing. So, Danny, uh, do, you wanna, do we want to talk about that? <laughs> uh,
2: I didn't like that re-signing at all. He's as <laughs> mid as it gets. Um, I really had a center uh, circled in for round two. Uh, John Mitchell Schwartz or whatever the hell his name was looked really good. I was really hoping we'd go there. But, um, I mean, apparently he took a really big discount. The numbers haven't came out yet. So, I mean, I won't complain if the, if the contract's really not that bad. But he's very mid. So, I didn't love it.
0: And then the other move, more than the move itself, were you okay with what Douglas had to give up to get Aaron Rodgers?
2: I think he gave up a little bit too much. I don't think he needed to swap those picks and I don't like the conditions on next year's pick, but I understand having to get it done, man. You know, like it's not, we didn't get robbed. You know, you had to make the move at some point. It was just, it was just dragging. Like I had no reaction to it yesterday. I was like, finally the shit's over. Um, but you know, we got him, So we're, we're ready to roll. He said he's ready to be in all OTAs and offseason activities, which is great. That's a big fucking thing. Even as big rack I could say. And um yeah no I mean let's get this shit started bro. This is this is a huge move for us.
0: No it is cuz like that's the thing with the Jets now where the Jets I feel like are back to relevancy. My my only thing is it for you and actually I like how you've been pretty tame about this. I thought you were going to come on here big brash just like you know league is ours world is ours like look, our, I'll admit this right now. Our division's toughest right now and on paper it probably goes I'm still going to go Miami second just because of experience from last year. There we go. I'll still go with that just, just because of the experience. And look, you guys have everything figured out. We'll see what Jalen Ramsey can bring. The Jets right now third. Patriots right now fourth because it's pretty much been status quo for the most part, I would say. I, don't, I haven't said they got in significantly better or worse. I think it's the same team as last year. But when it comes to the Jets, the thing I'm more worried about is the league with the broadcast sh- schedule and the media hype around it acting like this is – do you guys remember, obviously, the Broncos from last year or even – I'm going to go with a, one a few years ago. 2019 Cleveland Browns
2: yeah yeah I wouldn't go that far to call us the Broncos you know we have a young exciting defense that's you know something to look at and we they said that about Denver not the thing is the (laughs) thing is we 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 all I even called out Russ when he was on the Seahawks. I was like this guy is declining so fast you could see the Russ move coming (laughs) I mean Rodgers despite having a broken thumb still played very well last year let's not get that wrong um okay. the Packers were just were just ass around him. So I don't think you can really compare us to the to the Broncos situation. I think we're a lot better than they are. So don't don't worry about that. They won't be shoved down your throats cool. Oh, oh
0: oh I meant like a media perspective and like a perspective of where they're gonna be on prime time like four of the six first weeks of the Which
1: season.
2: Yeah. They'll be well, we're, the, we're the most hated team now. I mean you guys can both agree with that. You guys you guys love to hate us. You want to see us fail.
1: It's so. the market too. It's New York. Yeah. Uh, New York of course That's why you guys would get Sunday night football games and stuff like that. I, I don't, don't expect I, them hard knocks too.
0: Yeah. I, I don't um I don't I don't hate it. I don't like like look, I like like most Jets fans, it's been like I thought you know how you see like the side talk Knicks fans from Sunday at the Garden after they went up 3-1 on the Cavs. I thought we were going to see that. But most Jets fans are just happy and tame. Like, this is a complete opposite of what I expected from Danny tonight. Like, I expected, you know what, the the brash just coming in. Like, you know, like, we're on top of the world, this, this, and this. No. But I, I, like the, I like the mild-mannered you. I like the, I mean, the calm you. And when I say the Broncos and Browns comparisons, I don't mean you, like the Jets fans. I mean the media itself. Me.
2: If you would have had me on here 40 days ago it would have been a totally different reaction but it's been marinating for over a month you know we all knew it was gonna happen and it just officially happened so like all the reactions all the celebrations happened a month ago you know what I mean now I'm more it, rash with it I'm more you know logical with the thing but it was still
1: a huge move and I do I, I will talk about like the actual uh, like we'll talk about me and Danny about the stuff we've talked about in our DMs about how the football field will translate but I do want to say first, like yes, we all knew it was happening. Was there ever, any ever part of you, Danny, in the last week of like, huh? This is this is taking a little bit longer. And I saw—I think there was Boomer Sison or, or the Car- Carson, that one of those New York like blowhard radio shows, one of those. One of those guys said that apparently the Niners were now trying to swoop in and steal Aaron Rodgers too if because the
2: Yeah, two. no, I I never gave that serious thought at all. But um, was was
1: there any fear that like, okay, I know it's gonna happen, but it's been like a month since he won the McAfee show. Like the only fear the only fear
2: I had was I knew it was gonna happen, but like you said, you don't want him missing the off season programs. You you want him in training camp. So I knew it would have happened eventually. But I, I'd rather have it happen now and give up the extra whatever conditions. You know, it's not back-breaking conditions at all. But I'd rather have it happen now, have them at OTAs, have them at minicam and, uh, and, and get it done. But um, I knew it was going to happen once they signed Connor McGovern because I knew they were definitely targeting a sec- second-round uh, second center. So they gave up one of their seconds, which is, was going to be the center. And I said, all right, this trade's coming this week. I knew right then and there.
1: And did you the, – the other question related to that before we actually talk about 2023, let's say Rodgers just plays a season because that is speculated. Would you be happy still with the trade? I, like obviously if they win a Super Bowl, you will. But I'm saying yeah. like what is what is the level of success if it's just one season? For you to be happy with
2: it. Well, according to Connor Hughes, he's expected to uh, to be playing two to possibly three years. So right. that's that's what I'm operating under. Um, that's what I expect. If he only mm-hmm. played one year and retired, I'd be I wouldn't be happy with the trade. You know, like what what good is it to have one year, one run at it, and then just be back to where you were? So if I mean, if you get you have to get two years out of Rogers after this trade. You know, you didn't you only put sixty five percent playing time, which you should have put way more. Um, stipulations on that draft pick but if they got his word that he's going to be back next year as well then i'm all for it
0: um big rat i actually have a question for you because i feel like where i know where danny would go with this which new york team do you think is under more pressure to win in 2023 like not a super bowl but like for you know in, in general stats like stance of like jets or giants
1: oh it's still it's still jets for sure because it's very simple if they don't make the playoffs maybe Danny will agree or disagree with this. Salah and Douglas might get fired.
0: That's 100% guaranteed.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree. And uh, whereas Dable, let's say they have like Daniel Jones regresses and they go seven and 10 right? and they start like losing all those close games that they won last year. Dable can still say that he took them to the division round in his first year as coach. Daniel Jones, really his, his contract was really only a two year deal. Like he got four years, 160, but really only the first two years are guaranteed. So he would only have one year guaranteed left on the deal. So Dable can say, give me another year with Jones. Let me see if this works. And if it doesn't work, we can get a new quarterback again. Um, So like, I think Dable has more outs if they have like some random seven and 10 season, whereas with Douglas and Salah, even if like god forbid Rodgers gets injured which i don't want to see as a football fan i do want i love Aaron Rodgers like i do want just the reality him. of the sport but yeah if he does if Rodgers like gets hurt and Zach Wilson plays and plays terrible and they go 7 and 10 you know i think it's easy to say in the summer oh we can forgive that because Rodgers got hurt but when it's december and all the leaks are coming out and all the articles are coming out i think it's really hard for ownership and the fan base to not think Okay, we keep losing because Zach Wilson's a bust, and you pick Zach Wilson second overall, and we just can't get over that, even though you got bad luck with the Rodgers injury. So I think even an injury, like, I don't, I'm not sure they would survive that either. Their pressure is this is the crazy part about being a Jets fan, and I'm sure Danny is simultaneously excited but stressed. Literally, the story of your season is you have to break the longest playoff streak in American sports, or everyone gets tied with the
0: Sabres, tied with the Sabres.
1: My bad.
0: My bad. That's probably coming to an end soon too. So let's just not get any crazy.
1: And and, and you're in a tough division. Like I think what will be interesting is, you know, the the Bills, right? The dominant Bills that everyone loves. They only went four and two in the division last year. The Dolphins only went three and three. Like it's very likely that all these teams just split with one another. So it might come down to like random tiebreakers and whoever can sweep New England. You know, because I don't think all three teams are going to do that.
0: Yeah, like for uh, – I'm going to step in here quickly with the New England thing because New England also did go 3-3 three and three in division last mm-hmm. year. Obviously, they beat – look, there was the two games against the Jets, which one of them was crap, and then it was against Teddy Bridgewater. But I still think for as many people think that New England – no, like, look, there is pressure to win in New England. There's always pressure, especially when Belichick's chasing Shula. I just don't see a world, though, where the Patriots aren't a competitive football team. That's the thing. I think a lot of people thinking step back and everything like that. But my 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 Florida ceiling for them is still the same as last year, and that's 8-10 to 10 wins. And right now with the Jets, I'm gonna go nine to eleven just because we don't know what we're gonna get. And also, too, I know Danny's gonna disagree with this, but I still have questions on running back. I know Brees has looked great, but still, the ACL thing kind of worries me for 23 because everyone's saying like how Godwin and Gallup had down 2022s Take and. One.
1: In 2021. Those were 20, yeah. And back till the next year.
0: Brady, 09 to 2010. It's just one of those things where that's a big question mark. So that's why I don't want to get too excited yet about him and Javante Williams in Denver for that sole reason. But I think this division this year is going to be what everyone thought the AFC West was going to be last year. Not four playoff teams, just super competitive football. And I feel like you're going to see a lot more divisional games in the 425 and in the 8 o'clock time slots and potential yeah, no, black we're, friday we're,
1: we're, we're uh we're in
2: for some good football i mean we, we yeah. both we both don't know what briso is going to be you know i can point to ap and jamal charles you guys can point to saquon and whoever else you
0: know we yeah. we, we
2: uh, the, the real the honesty is we're not going to know until he the field. um thankfully he tore it in october so he's not directly totally. coming back so about but six months around know.
0: this time i think about six months ago it was the denver bronco game i believe
2: but um, you know, if we, if we have him back to what he is, I, all I will say is that
1: that's gonna be scary. That will yeah. be scary. And uh, it's very possible that if Hall never got hurt, he would have won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Not. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. It's certainly a strong team. Um, we'll see how good the defense is. Bill Barnwell wrote a really good article for ESPN. I highly recommend people checking it out when he broke down the Rogers trade, that explained how the Jets' their defense in twenty twenty one was awful. Danny came on the show all the time, talked about how horrible it was. And last year it was like top five. And there's kind of this assumption it will continue being top five. Rodgers will come in, fix the offense, and you're a Super Bowl contender. But what if the defense is like 15th? Now, me and Danny got into a fight over this over DMs. Like, It's not like I can point out specific positions as to where the defense is going to fall off a cliff. It's just that sustaining that level Is hard, and Danny knows this too. The schedule for all our teams this year is a lot harder than it was last year. Um, I forget the stat; Danny probably knows it. Five of the seven Jets wins came against that team's not primary quarterback last year. Like Skylar Thompson was one. Mitch Trubisky instead of Kenny Pickett was another. Jacoby Brissett instead of Deshaun Watson. There there was other examples too. I don't remember all of them, but Uh, oh, uh, Broncos, uh, Brett Ripon instead of Russ. So that's stuff
2: you got to work on. Well, the one thing I will tell you with the Jets and where we have a clear weakness is going to be stopping the run. Um, inside D-line depth needs help, and I would say linebacker does need help. Uh, I think C.J. Mosley was overrated last year. He still made all pro somehow. But, you know, he was exposed a lot in coverage, and, and just the run defense wasn't there. So they need to be honest with themselves and realize they need to get better on the D-line and at linebacker in this draft as well. Um, to really make a run at this thing because teams are going to exploit that and they're going to keep exploiting that.
0: Uh, one thing I want to say quickly about when I was thinking about one position here, though, isn't its is it too crazy to think that out of our three teams right here that our three probably have the best corner depth right now in the NFL considering like what Buffalo, Buffalo's corner depth was throughout 2022 and what it is right now that it's a position of worry for a team that's supposed to be going to the – Pop Super Bowl, I don't even want to say contender. I just want to say aspirations just because we know what they've been through the last couple seasons. Yeah,
2: no doubt. And, you know, Trey, Trey White did not look good last year at all. I don't know if you've seen him, but, you know. That yeah. team changed once Vaughn Miller went down. So that's why I'm saying, like, you guys kind of overrate the Bills, man. I feel like they've been exposed as a fraud last year. Um, the team completely changed when Vaughn Miller went down, which we all thought and they haven't looked the same since then. So, and even if you want to talk about ACL recovery, let's we'll see how he comes
0: back off well, his ACL. He's a lot older. I was just about to go there because even with them too, we don't know what their defense is going to look like under Leslie Frazier. And last year too, I was never overrating them. I was kind of going like like for everyone go I, I still always remember this. The national media last year, "Oh, you know, Kansas City supposed to take a step back. Kansas City like not going to be how are they going to be without Tyreek Hill?" And I'm like, "Guys, like 15 and 87 are still there. They're still going to be clicking." What happened? They won a Super Bowl. And I know, Dan, I think the last time you were on here, honestly, was the Degeneration Jets episode, which was in November, believe it or not. Oh, but wow. Yeah, I just, I came to my mind right now. But that's how I look at Buffalo right now, where it's, look, hey, maybe this is the year where it's like you're not being talked about. But last year, though, that's what I just want to conserve with the Jets, is how everyone was kind of like doing that same, like putting them on the pedestal, saying like, oh, hey, this, this, this. I think that's going to be good. Like I said, I still think last place in this division is probably going to be seven or eight wins. That's just that's just me speaking. I still feel like you're not going to see. like You may see a clear cut favorite. We don't know, but at the end of the day, it's just all talk pretty much for the next four and a half months. And that because for as much as we love the sport, the off season for it, it's too long.
2: No, I agree with you. Um, yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm a Patriot fan right now. And I just know I don't have a shot of winning that division. And you look at the quarterback class next year. I know you still believe in Mac Jones. Most people don't, um, including your fan base. Yep. I'm just like, damn, being in Port Purgatory right now is just, is just terrible. It's a s- bad spot to be right now.
0: My you know,
2: thing, you can, you can go, you can get ahead of, of all three of these teams
0: within the next two three years if you, you know, if, if with one bad season. My thing with the Patriots right now, and I'm going to say this from the quarterback position. This is the make it or break it year for Mac, in my opinion. No, I don't think there's going to, like, look, whatever happened with him and Bill in the offseason, it is what it is. Basically, uh, that's that's my thing. Like, yeah, I'm still going to believe in him until proven otherwise, but I just think last year was a weird look. They tried an experiment, backfired horribly. We'll see what happens with Bill O'Brien. One underrated part that the Patriots brought in was Adrian Clem to coach of the offensive line because that's the offensive line last year. I know people wanted the clown and the strange pick, but he, he had a really solid rookie year. Um, Right tackle is still a position of question to me. I don't think Riley Reefs your long-term answer, so we'll see what happens there. But as for the quarterback thing, look, it's up to Mac. Like They're making him better. Like Look, bringing in Juju, bringing in Gusicki, I think those are upgrades over Myers and Smith. But my big question still is what do they do at running back because last year they ran Ramondre into the ground, and I don't think they can do that this year. And at the same time, too, this defense is going to keep them in a lot of football games. It's just up to what the offense can do for them.
1: Uh, what, well, look, I, I definitely agree, like, as opposed to last year where I was, like, staunch, no, the Jets will still be worse than the Patriots the entire year. Um This year, I do think it's different, but one thing you got to give the Patriots credit in, and Danny, we know this in betting, uh, the Patriots, whenever they're playing, like, a bad quarterback, mm-hmm. like, and, and they're, like, plus four on the spread or whatever, it's just free money because – Belichick is just really good at coming up with a scheme that exposes bad quarterbacks, gets them to play really poorly, throw interceptions, or do not. Go watch the cold cold game from last year. And yes, the schedule is harder this year, but we know this. this is how the NFL works. Like some quarterbacks, even if they don't have a season-ending injury, there'll be a quarterback that misses like a two-week stretch, and the Patriots will play that guy, and the Patriots will probably win that game. So they always have that floor defensively. And on offense, the argument to make is – it's not going to be a worse offense, right? No. What is the evidence we have that the offense will be worse? The coaching got better. The O line's going to be better. Uh, I personally think Juju and Jacoby's close, but uh, definitely. It's I, a And I, I, I know with Gasecki, like, I've talked to you about Kiseki's flaws yes. as a player. Uh, but I do, I'm saying he's better than Janu. I think he's uh, So I think there's. A bunch of reasons to think the offense will at least be better, maybe the same, but it won't be worse. Like, that seems hard to do. And they did go 8-9 last year. It's not like they went 5-12. and 12. So they do kind of seem like a team that will win 7, 8, or 9 games. But as we talked about with the AFC West last year, when everyone was saying all four of these teams can't be over 500, it's just not mathematically possible. Yeah. The way – like, Griff, when you mentioned their 8-10 to 10 win ceiling, the way they hit those 10 wins is like – Tua has a season-ending injury, or the Jets underperform and win seven games. It's hard for all four of them to go nine and eight or better. It's just mathematically like really difficult.
0: Oh no, someone's gonna finish. I, I, my thing was I think last place is worst-case scenario six and eleven. That's my thing. I think that's six and eleven is worst-case scenario for last place. I think that six, seven, eight, even nine win. I feel like that's nine wins is a stretch. I just think that look, you're, you're. I think a lot of people are expecting New England to have this like downfall and just be terrible. But I think that they're doing everything to be right. And when I say that Johnu is better, no, excuse me, Gizekki gonna be better than John and Smith is. was. That's just because it's gonna open up Hunter Henry to have Hunter Henry be who he's supposed to be. My big question is just still the receiving core. Besides Juju, the guys that have been there already, how are they gonna look? How is Tyquan Thornton gonna look? How is uh, Kendrick Bourne gonna look? How will if they get Trey Nixon involved, it's like all these question marks surrounding that position. And then at the same time, too, running back. Like, look, we have James Robinson, who for as meaningless as his jet tenure was, him in an RB2 position, I don't mind at all. With that being said, though, yeah, give me Jameer Gibbs on Friday night.
1: Hey, Griff, uh, I don't know if you guys talked about it while I was getting my charger, but all the smoke that we hear out of New England, like – Guys like Tom Curran, guys like Ben Volin, guys like Jeff Howe, saying, "Huh? Could Belichick be fired next year?" Or like, I, "I fired" is a strong word, but heavily implying that he's under some pressure. Uh, is there any truth to get to this? And you read more New England stuff than we do. Like, what is the state of Belichick's future with the Patriots?
0: Look, it's the fact that he's so close to Shula, and it's the fact that. I know Kraft comes out and he says it every year at the league meetings. Like, look, last year was a disappointment. And he's just basically saying flaws. I still think everything would have to go possibly wrong. It would have to be like a 3-14 season. It would have to be something bad. But at the same time, too, it's all the fans that I think are either impatient or just not realizing that, hey, winning's not going to come as easy as it does anymore. And then the other thing I want to say quickly about the Mac competition stuff and about getting a quarterback... I want you guys to go listen to my podcast from a few weeks ago with Kyrie Thompson, formerly at WEEI. He comes on here a couple of times. We've talked about this. The Mac stuff is all just like, look, it's all a BS smoke and mirrors thing. But to answer your true question about Belichick, look, I think that conversation is going to be there. One, I think just because, look, I don't have anything I say about Ben Volan. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Tom Curran, on the other hand, look, he's someone who is very well known in the Patriot community, NFL community. You take it with a grain of salt, but at the same time, too, I like I said, I feel like it would have something would have to go wrong. There would have to be a like a, it's one of those things where it's just like an ugly breakup. Like I don't think there's ever going to be, you know, the hand like the Dave Gettleman. How I know Jet fan, Giant fans were pissed that he was allowed to retire, which I still think was the polite way of firing him. Kind of like what remember what Greg said about Steve Keim? I Like I don't think that's going to happen. But like I said, I think it's for him to chase Shula, and then. Because my long-term thing for Belichick's always been, even if he retires from coaching, he's going to be like Ernie Adams, where he's going to be around the organization. And I still... I, McDaniels was always my successor plan, but I honestly think now that's Gerard Mayo. But I still think it's in Belichick's court, and he's just done too much for that to be a firing. I still think there are... I'm going to say this right now. I think there are certain coaches in the NFL who aren't in that firing territory. I think it's him, Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid... John Harbaugh and Pete Carroll. I think I those Sean, are the part of me. Sean
1: Payton now they just gave him a new co- since he has a new team and a new contract. Right?
0: Yeah, but even still, Sean Payton like got to leave on his own terms. I think if Belichick's going to leave, it's going to be Belichick terms. Like the guys I just listed, I think it's their terms. Like even if Pete Carroll were like save Seattle, were to go in a different way, because I know the I want to go on a bit of a side tangent with this quickly and something to look out for because the Commanders are probably going to go for sale very very soon, and that's going to be official. Mike Florio has reported about this, but sometime next May, don't be shocked if the Seattle Seahawks are sold, because after May 1st, 2024, Jody Allen and Vulcan Enterprises doesn't have to pay like a 10%. uh, Basically, say if they sell the team for $7 billion, if they sell it before May 1, 2024, 10% of that goes to the state of Washington. If they wait until afterwards, they don't have to pay the state of Washington to sell the team. So that's just one thing to pay attention for. And if people are looking at Jeff Bezos go that route but yeah to answer your original question no it's it's I I think it's smoke and mirrors I think it's just kind of those clickbaity articles at the same time too for that and at the same time too I've yet to mention this I know I'm talking a lot and I go off on tangents but it's what I do um I want to send a quick shout not shout out just a quick thoughts and prayers just to Doug Hyatt. I don't know if you guys saw but his uh yeah his daughter is fighting leukemia right now uh the GoFundMe has raised I think over $75,000 last I checked so I know I've never spoken to Doug I just wanted to give my quick thoughts out to him because he's going through Something I I can't even imagine.
1: I, I almost don't want to say this, um, mm-hmm. but uh, and I think, but I just like in case people want to know like the seriousness of the situation, because uh, I think I mentioned on the show before that I'm in medical school now. Yes, and we we did learn about different types of leukemia. The one that Doug's daughter has is very serious. Like this is not the kind mm-hmm. of leukemia you very quickly get over, and as you grow older into your teenage years, this is a very very serious cancer. So, like truly like. Thoughts and blessings and, uh, and as much prayers. Can go. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If anyone here like if you go to Doug Kyatt's Twitter, he has a GoFundMe. If anybody wants to go through a few dollars his way, just go to Doug white O Y E D on Twitter and you'll find it.
0: Yeah, because he was with so he was with the Patriots originally with Nesson and then PFF hired him. And then for some reason PFF likes to lay people off. Like, yeah. like they like lost him, uh Mike Renner. Like one that was that was something too with the draft. Like the last two drafts, I had him and Austin Gale in my back pocket for like prospect knowledge for like who to look After this year, I haven't been able to find a draft podcast that's like just as good, so I'm just kind of relying on a lot of the the pundit stuff. So it's kind of been like that tough middle ground. So like Danny's point about the draft, it's just one of those things there. But like I said before, look guys, Doug, we're sending our best to you. That's all I got to say. That's all I want to say there. And while we're talking about other people. I think it's appropriate we give a quick congratulations to friend of the show, Bobby Gross, new dad, first announced here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Bobby is. G. That was still one of the most, like, I couldn't believe it. He were, him and I were talking about the Eagles before the Super Bowl, and then he just drops the bomb on me that, yeah, he's becoming a dad. I was just blown away. Um, but anyway, guys, let's get into the draft. Uh, look, if I had to, I'm was, I was saying this off the oh, No, I just cast a a bet. My bad. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, Tatum assists, baby. What's the score on the game? Uh, We
2: got 86-78, Boston.
0: Ooh, so yeah, Boston's taking it. No, I don't give
2: a shit. I don't give a shit about the game anymore. All right, let's (laughs) talk.
0: All right, cool, cool, cool. So if I had to say to you guys, if I basically give you $1,000 free money to bet someone to go number one overall Thursday night, who are you taking? Bryce. Bryce. Yeah, Bryce. uh it's, it's
1: hilarious, like, how the odds have shifted so much. We were talking before the show about the rumor that Will Levis would go first overall. And, like, I've, I've been listening to a betting podcast that kind of explained this. The draft market is insanely sensitive, like, because a lot of these bookmakers, they don't have, like, the answer all, yeah. oftentimes when they post these lines. Like, they're letting the money of the market dictate the answer as is. They, it's not like they secretly know what's going to happen and then can make the odds change accordingly. And what you're seeing is the slightest bit of information can drastically change the odds. Like Daniel Jeremiah comes out with a new mock draft or Peter Schrager and they rank someone really high out of nowhere. That'll massively change that one player's odds because it's so sensitive to every little piece of information. So what you saw was one Reddit user said that Will Levis has been telling his friends and family that he's going to go to the Panthers. And just that random Reddit post lowered his odds from 60 to 1 to 2 to 1 to go first overall like that. And they had to take the odds off the board, so it seems like this is not reliable information. But nonetheless, uh, it would in fact make sense that uh, they would pick Bryce Young, who I am high on, but I do think there are concerns—the obvious concerns that people talk about—and I, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I just, it's weird. Like everyone loves talking about Tua every time he says anything. Like he had that retirement comment last week, and it makes national news. Anytime Tua opens his mouth about anything, it's a national discussion. But very few people are talking about Tua when discussing Bryce Young, which to me is very interesting because Tua is a shorter quarterback. Tua is a quote-unquote less durable quarterback. Tua is significantly bigger than Bryce Young is. Tua was two hundred fifteen pounds coming out. Bryce Young in the national championship game against Georgia, most scouts believe he weighed one seventy. That's a forty-pound difference, right? Tua is six one, maybe like six foot and three quarters. Bryce is 5'10", barely, closer to 5'9". And uh, so he's shorter and slighter than Tua, and everyone's criticizing Tua for being so injury-prone. Like, I don't understand why, like, that hasn't come up more often when discussing Bryce. You have a literal short Alabama quarterback in the NFL right now that you can make comparisons to, and very few people have done it. But um, there's a a good – I follow a lot of, like, Dolphins Insider websites, and one of them was saying how – you know, we love Tua. We do think Tua is our franchise quarterback, but we've had our struggles, you know, with the injuries and such. I can't imagine, like someone asked, what if Tua was three inches smaller and 40 pounds lighter? Like, is Bryson really that much better at football that he will be clearly better despite significantly smaller size? Well,
2: don't you think they'd be comparing him more to Kyler Murray than, than Tua?
1: Bryce Bryce doesn't really run that much. Bryce? Doesn't. Yeah, not not athleticism wise, but yes, like, you know, stature wise. Stature wise, yes, but one I do think I do think Kyler's a little thicker. Like Kyler, they both weighed the same at the combine, but Kyler's like 208 at the combine or 205, whatever it was. That was his actual playing weight based on what he said and based on what most scouts said when they scouted Oklahoma games. Bryce Young's playing weight was like 170 and then he beefed up to like 205, 210 for the combine itself. But no scout at least think it's legitimate and i highly encourage anyone watching this like go look up the 2021 Heisman trophy ceremony with Bryce, CJ Stroud, uh, Aiden Hutchinson and the fourth guy who i forget who it is right now but I'll google yeah but nonetheless like go watch that Heisman ceremony and look how much smaller Bryce looks to the other three guys like it's drastic and one of those guys is a quarterback a quarterback in this draft class and Bryce looks so much smaller than him in that whole ceremony Uh, So, yes, Kyler, you're right, size-wise, I guess. But Kyler and Russ were thicker, and they ran more often. Rice is just going to scramble to make a play downfield. He's not going to really rush for a 500-yard season. And so I think that's a double-edged sword because not only is that you don't get the rushing output from him that you get from the other short quarterbacks, but because he plays that scramble, backyard football, like let me try to extend the play and find the fourth kind of progression down the field, Style of football that Deshaun Watson plays—that means he's probably going to take a lot of hits. He has a play style that takes a lot of hits, but he's small and he doesn't run. Like I, I love Bryce, and Bryce did not have nearly the same receiver help at Alabama that Tua did. But it is just—I I do think it is a significant risk, like a really significant risk for first overall.
0: Um, one thing I'll say quickly is it was Kenny Pickett was the finalist for the Heisman as well. Um, the only thing I want to say right now about the Carolina Panthers as a whole. And Big Rat, I you know, I mentioned this like the last two podcasts I've had. Because, well, for one, I've had a person. Markeem lives in South Carolina. Matt Beast, NFC, self-taught NFC expert. South expert, excuse me. I feel like this is a team, and it's a division that's so open. And I say this in the wrong ways because we know, look, that there's no clear-cut favorite. I still have the Saints as the favorite in the division just because of experience and bolder Oh, easily. easily yeah. My whole thing with this is, though, is just with Bryce Young and the other stuff that they have – do we think people are going to oversell on Carolina, or do we think that they're going to be that competitive six to maybe seven win football team? Uh,
2: well, you got to think. What kind of weapons do they have? They they got rid of McCaffrey. They got, they got rid of DJ Moore. So who's he throwing to? Who's running the ball? Their O line isn't. Their O line isn't good. Nope. You got their best defender or second best defender, JC Horns, coming off an injury. They even um, Orman, who
1: was really good for them last year.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, that's just not a good team, I don't think. It's going to take them a few years to
1: kind of rebuild this thing here. It is is one of my cold, hard rules when betting, when talking about the NFL. The team with the rookie quarterback is probably going to underperform. And if you remember, like Trevor Lawrence going into that rookie year with Urban Meyer before people realized how much of a disaster Urban was in the NFL – There were a lot of people kind of saying that same line of thought. Oh, Trevor's a generational prospect. What if Trevor can – it's not a good division. What if Trevor could actually, you know, improve this team really quickly? And it just never happens. Like, the team with the rookie quarterback usually loses a ton of games. It's a general rule of thumb until proven otherwise. And I – like, props to, I guess, Kenny Pickett had a winning record. But it is very, very – So did Mac Jones. So did Mac Jones. But Kenny Pickett and Mac Jones both are both of those kind of, like, high-floor, lower-ceiling – prospects yeah. now older players guys who play four years in college who you kind of expect them to be like decent right away just never elite like that's the whole benefit to getting them is that they, they don't take long to acclimate the nfl um bryce i do not with the way bryce young plays especially with a lot of the scramble like uh backyard like let me try to find a big play down the field style of play i think that's dangerous i think the defensive ends that he's going to try to outrun to make a throw down the sideline in college are going to be way faster in the NFL, and I think that's going to take time. I think going through progressions is going to take time, and so I do. He does not strike me as someone who uh, can lead like a nine-win season out the bat. And also, Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett—they were taking over 500 rosters. We've talked yeah. about it the time. Like the Patriots were seven and nine the year before. The Steelers were nine, seven, and one the year before. Like those were 500 teams, so it wasn't that hard to kind of maintain that level of play. That's not what the Panthers.
0: Yeah, I think that's very fair to say. I just do like one of those things. I feel like you know people are going to throw that out there where it's like, hey, this team has the potential to be good. Um, like when I look at the top like five, right? I'm, I'm blanking on who's picking fourth in the draft. Oh, wait, uh, the Colts, like when I look at all those teams right there, I'm like, okay, Carolina are probably not gonna make the playoffs, um, Texans probably gonna be picking the top 10 next year. Cardinals, I'm going to say this right now, I think they're picking in the top five again next year. I'll go one step
1: further. I think they're going to replace Kyler Murray.
0: That's that's a hot take I I started saying about a month ago. I agree. Yeah, if they have number one overall, because look, next year – and this is the thing too. If you need a quarterback, it's next year. That's why, like, for everyone saying, like, oh, why don't the Patriots go get a quarterback this year? It's next year. That's where it's, like, the perfect thing. So where, hey, if Mac has a bad season this year, you've got Caleb Williams, which I don't think they'll end up getting. They're not going to be that bad. Um, Drake may, I'm not going to call him generational. I feel like a lot of people, like a lot of college guys, like I know Reese Davis came out and said, he's really good. I'm going to trust Reese. I just don't see that Caleb Williams level generational. And the other guy I'm still looking at is, uh, what's Quinn, his name? Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, um, which who knows what's going on in Texas right now. Arch did not look good in the spring game. Um,
1: Jordan Travis, maybe.
0: No, no. Time. Uh, KJ Jefferson's the other guy I'm looking at. And then, uh, We'll see what Cam, if, if Cam Rising is an NFL level talent, which I think he is. It's just um, don't put him in LA because he gets hurt every time he plays there. Um, so that's that. And then with the Colts, the Colts are the real wild card in this draft. Am I the only one who thinks that? Like, I feel like Chris Ballard has to have like a home run draft, or it's like, look, you got to go. Or, or I, 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 I don't even want to say score one. I think if he does a home run draft, or if they're in the same position again next year. I think you got to fire I I, him.
1: I think Stroud's going to go there. What do you think? I think that's the landing spot for, for Stroud. I think the variable is, does anyone trade with Arizona? Because if you're yeah. – like, I'm sure – look, maybe Arizona can't make a deal and they just have to pick a third. They don't want to, but they do it anyways and they take like Will Anderson or whatever. But if you're the Cardinals, you know that Kyler is basically not going to play this year. Like yeah. I, I, I personally don't think he's going to play. Like,
0: this year's a write-off.
1: Yeah, he won't be, like, healthy until, like, November. The team will be bad. And then they're going to have that discussion. Is it worth it to bring him back for, like, a month of the season and potentially, like, not be himself and get hurt again? Unlike Brees Hall, he tore his ACL late. He tore it in December. Against the Patriots. Against the Patriots. So I just – I personally don't think he's going to play this year. So if you're the Cardinals, why wouldn't you trade from three – do what the Bears did? You trade, like, to 11 where the Titans are, I think and you like get an extra first-round pick or an extra second-round pick and build your roster. So if that happens, if they trade with someone, then I think Stroud could go to that team. Uh, but if that doesn't happen because they just can't agree to a deal, then I would think Colts would make sense. Everyone's saying potentially Anthony Richardson because Shane Steichen and he had Jalen Hurts. He also had Justin Herbert the year before that. Uh, so maybe Shane Steichen gets a kick out of Will Levis as well, who's more comparable to Herbert than he is to Hurts. So, but yeah, but... I I would predict Stroud unless there's a trade. Is, is my stance.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with you and, there. And
2: and their roster is a lot more ready to build around a rookie quarterback. Yes.
1: Than, the, uh, than the Panthers are. They could definitely be a bounce like one of those teams that uh that like goes from the bottom to middle of the pack in the NFL pretty quickly because they have a lot of good players in the O line. They have a lot of good players on defense. Um, they just had, they just had a bad quarterback situation, and they had a lot of. Awful, awful losses last year that could have gone the other way, like that Vikings loss.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That Viking
1: game, man. They should have beaten the Eagles. I watched that whole game. They were leading the Eagles the entire game and lost by a point because of a drive at the very, very end of the game. Like, they outplayed Philly. It's one of the reasons why Philly, like, it was hard for me to buy into them because they kept getting lucky in all those close games. The Colts game was one of them.
0: But um, you know what? Actually, before anything, there's something I – speaking of the Colts, I got I to gotta play this right now just because it's funny.
1: Longhorn Nation, we're back!
0: Oh, so – what a fateful quote. I, I'm sorry. Like, assume, like, I know people like to look, make fun of Mac's faces when he goes down, but I've never seen a worse fear in their eyes than him getting sacked. And I, I, not, I know I'm referencing the Patriots game, but like, they just look awful – Plus, to the Colts, Jonathan Taylor had a bit of a down year last year, even though he was hurt. They still have a really good receiver, and we all know and love on this show for three years now. Um, but, yeah, I think if there's any team that can quickly make it back into like that wild card conversation from the top – I'm not going to say top five, because obviously Seattle's a variable in all this, and same yeah, with Detroit. Detroit doesn't,
1: those, don't, yeah. those don't really count.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Which, I want to say this with Detroit quickly. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to crown them division winner just yet. I still have Minnesota there, just for the obvious just reasons, even though Minnesota's defense scares the living hell out of me for if they're going to be good or not. But that's just a side note. Meanwhile, with this, yeah. So if I had to think right now, top four. If I'm just going off the top of my head, I'm going to go Young. Will, I, Anderson's the better defender, right? I just think Tyree Wilson's going to go second. Will Anderson, third. And then... I'm going Levis just because I think it's – I just don't – it's just a Stroud thing. I don't know. More than anything, though, with the quarterback question, i will to ask you guys this. I want to say Anthony Richardson, but I'm going to skip over him just because we know he's probably going to go in the top 10 or even top 15. But w- not where, but when does Hendon Hooker get taken? I think that's more of a question for Big Rat.
2: I mean, I would say blindly third, second round maybe, but I mean, I'm I, not really sure.
1: Okay, so I I could be wrong on this, but it would not surprise me if he goes at the very end of the first round for the exact same reason that Teddy Bridgewater went 32nd overall back in 2014. Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson went 32nd overall in 2018 because as you're seeing right now, the Bengals, the Chargers, and the Dolphins, none of those three have extended Burrow, Herbert, or Tua yet, but the Eagles had to – because Hurts only has one year left on his deal. And those other guys all have the 5th year option still. And so that gives you a little more wiggle room in how you manage the quarterback salaries and the quarterback contracts and how you extend out the cap hits. So I could very well see a team that is ready to draft Hendon Hooker in the second round that asks themselves, hey, we could trade up to 31st or 32nd overall here. Or I guess thirty-first overall. <laughs> Why is there only thirty-one picks? Yeah, my yeah. Life ends up ruining the draft order for everyone. Every mock draft in the country looks weird with only thirty-one picks. But the and the Eagles are a great candidate to be like, oh yeah, I'll trade down to the middle of the second round and get more picks. That sounds like something Howie Roseman would do. So you trade to the very end of the first round. You take and Hooker, so you have the extra year on his deal. The main criticisms of him are the following: the ACL tear, obviously, and His age. I think his age is a little overrated because the whole point of getting a quarterback, if you hit on the quarterback, is that you can have them for 10, 12 years. Like that's, in theory, the logic behind it. It's not like a running back where you're drafting a 25-year-old running back and only get a few years out of him. Joe Burrow is old as hell. Joe Burrow is 26. He's going to be 27 this year. Joe Burrow is going to be 27 this year. It feels like we just got him in the NFL, and he's going to be 27 this upcoming year. But no one cares because they think Burrow's going to be there for another decade. So I don't think the age is as big of a problem as it's being made out to be. The bigger problem that I've seen some draft analysts talk about is the offense that he was in. And Marquine talked about this a lot in the Tennessee offense. Like, it was, it's just not a very NFL translatable offense. It's like your classic college vertical routes. There's not a lot of – Air out. raid. Yeah, it's air, they run, they run a, a very small amount of plays. And it's a lot of the same routes over and over and over again. So mentally, like, not the same as asked of you as a quarterback as would be in a traditional NFL offense. And that that's a that's a red flag for sure, more so than his age. And obviously the ACL tear is concerning as well. But I, I would think that he, if you're taken at the end of the first round, it's not like anyone's expecting him to start week one. Like, even if it's a bad team, it's one thing with a contender, like if the Vikings are the trendy pick to take can and Hooker, because Kirk Cousins only has one year left on his deal. They did not extend Kirk Cousins in the offseason. And if you look at the history of the Vikings, every year of the last few years, they've done that accordingly. And so I would think that that would be a trendy team. And no one's expecting him to play right away. So what do you care if he has to wait till October to recover from his ACL? You're not, you're not wanting him to start week one. So I do think it's a smart move to take him at the end of the first round. I do think he's good. I watched him at Virginia Tech a lot before he transferred to Tennessee. He was really good there as well. Really good dual with quarterback. Beat up the Hurricanes a lot. So I think he's personally worth it. I do think he's better than Malik Willis. Uh, but, you know, as we saw last year with Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter, this could be a situation where Hooker, everyone thinks, is a trendy first-round pick, and actually he goes in the third round. Uh, I would hope not for his sake, but it's fine.
0: There is one team picking late in the first round that is quarterback dependent – not quarterback dependent, but I feel like could use a quarterback in the first round, and that's the Saints because I don't think there's pressure to play. He can develop. And plus two, the Saints are that – they're a weird team to where it's like we don't know what they're going to be, but they have players that can deliver promise to the future. Like, I like them – Look, if Michael Thomas comes back, Chris Olave is good. I like Jamal Williams behind Alvin Kamara. Although for fantasy, that's going to be really that's going to be a really fun one for fantasy and for gambling. But that's a team that always come to mind for me for Hendon Hooker.
1: That would be a good choice. Uh, I would think the Falcons would consider it too. Like it's weird with the Falcons because because the quarterback they took last year was a third round pick, so they don't have the same commitment to him. Yeah. Like the Patriots had to give Mac Jones a few years. My Dolphins were always going to give two a few years. Zach Wilson got at least two years. You don't have to do that for a third-round pick, but how often do you see, like, kind of like the Texans with Davis Mills, when you do this whole third-round pick experiment, will give you a second year? How often does that team also drop another young quarterback right behind them? It seems pretty rare.
0: Yeah.
2: How about how about the Cowboys?
1: Ay, that's a can. They're going
2: to get Bijan.
1: Dak 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 Prescott's getting too much heat this offseason. season He had one I'm of the like little second
2: third-round insurance just in case you know he has another bad season or not up to his. Uh, Part also, seasons.
1: I don't know what his guarantees are on his contract, but... He also, like, Jalen Hurts also played bad against that Niners defense, but no one cares because the Niners lost their quarterback in that game, and they won. But look at Hurts' game against San Fran and Dak's game against San Fran the week before. It's not that different. But, but it's just
2: like, is Dak ever going to get you there?
1: I, he's made the divisional round three times. Three times? Or I don't know.
2: I, th- I think Cowboys fans are starting to uh, go out on him.
1: I think it's harsh. I think they're just frustrated with the injuries, but... His Bucks playoff game, the, that Bucks team that everyone overrated all year long, that were only two-point underdogs in that game. People, Everyone likes to act like it was obvious the Cowboys would blow them out. Two-point underdogs the Bucs were in that game. And that was one of the best playoff games anyone played in the playoffs last year, was that Dak against the Bucs.
0: Um, that, I think Dallas is just under a lot of pressure this year just because it's like, well, okay, Kellen Moore now in L.A., Mike McCarthy calling all the shots, Ezekiel uh, Elliott's gone. Um, and for as much as people, I say Bijan Robinson to Dallas, I think that's a bad idea. I don't think you benefit from doing that at all. I think if you if Dallas wants to draft a running back, do what you did with Tony Pollard. Wait and use it on Saturday. Pick someone random on Saturday. Let Bijan go to some teams. I feel like he's still going to go in the first round. I still feel like Bijan Robinson's... and he's probably going to be the only running back to go in the first round. But we'll see what happens there. But for the most part. My biggest question. it to be Philly, game. right? He's gotta go to Philly, no?
1: Yeah, but w- the problem is, like, this is like Howie Roseman. Uh, the I think the Eagles as a whole haven't drafted a first round running back since the '80s. But but
0: well, that's Holly, like their
1: only hole, bro. Uh, but here's the thing, like, okay, well, one, I would disagree
0: slightly. What I boston Scott got, Giant Taylor.
1: Well, uh, no, but but also more so in the fact that they have a lot of older players that sure are not holes for the 2023 season. But Jason Kelsey almost retired. Lane Johnson is in his 30s. A lot of those guys on defense, like Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, all those guys are older. So maybe they want to get, like, a tackle or an edge rusher for the future, even if it's not about 2023. And here's the other argument against it. And, look, I love Bijan. I think he's definitely worth a top 10 pick. Why would you draft Bijan at 10 when you could probably take Gibbs at 31? Like, is that not a better value? Mm, it's because he's your workhorse, bro. I mean,
2: isn't Gibbs just really a, a pass-catching specialist?
1: I, how's he really gonna?
2: How's he gonna translate in the NFL
1: between the you know I, tackles, running back?
2: I think he has a little more juice between the tackles, and he gets credit
1: for But um, you know, mileage may vary on that. He's gonna look great in the Patriots. Uniform. Yeah, I mean,
2: all I know, all I know is if I lost the Super Bowl and most of my team is still intact, and the one thing that I was missing was a workhorse running back that can dynamically change your team. I know there's rumors about Derrick Henry getting traded there, or whatever happened yesterday but they got to they got to they got to do something there.
0: Yeah, that should know, die down quickly. I know Peter Schrager was asked about that on part of my take and he said he had, it was like the first he was hearing of it. And I know we reference him a lot and I know he's just the, he hosts on Good Morning Football, but when it comes to stuff like this, Peter Schrager has a lot of knowledge. So
1: and uh, uh, and by the way, this may seem random, I just want to say it really quickly cuz I know we might move on to other topics, but at that we were talking about the NFC South and the Saints and like winning that division and all that. Like I would not discount the Falcons um because they did spend a lot of money. And even though I, I get it, no one believes in Desmond Ritter. And there's actually a hilarious stat. Before before week 18, he was like the only rookie quarterback ever in his first five starts. He had zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. Like the most boring, generic Genius. you would ever see. Uh, but I, I would just say they spent a lot of money in free agency. Bringing in Jesse Bates. Uh, bringing, bringing in like a lot of guys on both sides of the ball. My boy, uh, Matt Collins, hopefully he does really well over there. A lot of uh, former Saints. And they brought back Caleb McGarry, who a lot of people thought they might lose. They Here's a hilarious stat for you. Most people think you spend in free agency. That's a loser move, right? No. For the last two years, the team that spent the most in free agency made the playoffs. Griff's in 2021, and then the Jaguars last year. And the Falcons spent a ton of money this year and have a quarterback entering his sophomore season.
2: They also stole fucking Calais Campbell from us, too
1: which I don't know why he would want to go
0: there. It he, he, he was for all the off-field stuff. Clay's Campbell wants a Walter Payton award. He I don't think he's chasing rings anymore. I think he's chasing the Walter Payton. Um, I think for Atlanta, too, it's a big year for if they don't do anything. I think there's a house cleaning again. I think Fontenot and Smith, this is a year where it's like, look, we got to see improvement. You get to the playoffs, I think that's going to buy them some time. Um, I still think that there's – and I don't know why guys like Levante David and stuff resign there, but – um, one crazy take I have is I think one of, or if not both, Evans and Godwin are gone for the Buccaneers by twenty twenty four.
2: Hey, come my way,
1: man. We'll take one of them. Same. Danny's boy, Todd Bowles, who and Danny would love this when the Bucks won that Super Bowl because Bowles was such a great defensive coordinator, and all these idiots came out and said he deserves another head coaching job. The Jets did it. Yep. I was against that. And, and we like, all know. All those Jets fans must have been like, you guys are crazy. Like, this is horrible, horrible logic. It was horrible And now now this year, they kind of brought back all those veterans. But the team wasn't that good last year to begin with on top of losing Brady. And you could really see a world where they go like 6-11. And, and if they have back-to-back losing seasons, I think he's gone. Oh, he's gone. He's yeah. gone. They're not making the
2: playoffs. He's definitely gone. It's, yeah. just, it's just play it out.
0: The only team right now that last year wasn't good, and there's there's actually two of these teams, and they're both in the AFC, that I don't want to count. Uh, or Actually, I'm going to throw an NFC team in here for fun. Um, I think that there's a chance Cleveland and Denver. I know we, we bagged on Denver a lot last year, but I think I told you this big rat. I'm not going to discount Sean Payton led <laughs> team. The other team to watch for, I don't think a lot of people are talking about, is the Cleveland Browns. I think with a full – I know, look, we don't want to see Deshaun do well just because of the off-field stuff and him being a scumbag. But with a full full offseason plus two, you're going to have Nick Chubb, David who's a really good tight end, as you know, from Miami. And then Amari Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones has really emerged for them. Cleveland is a team I look out for that probably is going to be in that like, – God, the AFC, I think there's maybe – Three teams that right now, I think, look, your season's done. Like There's not a lot of hope. And that's – there are the three three of the four teams in the AFC South. I,
1: I would say with uh, uh, Cleveland, one of the tests is going to be, is Kevin Stefanski a good fit with Deshaun Watson? Oh, he's um, on the hot
0: seat. His yeah. seat's the hottest going into the year.
1: And Deshaun, like, you can I, – I can just – I can watch so much football, I can already envision it. If the Browns suck this year – He's going to get fired, and then the next off season, it's going to be a whole year of, can we fix Deshaun Watson? He didn't fit with Stefanski, because there's a lot of belief. Like, Watson likes to go off script, likes to extend plays. Do all His that cap of- hits
0: are also just egregious the next three seasons after this one.
1: And Stefanski has, like, a very, like, rigid, regimented, like, you have to do what I say, like, follow the exact play call as it's designed. And Deshaun Watson likes to improvise. So I do wonder, if philosophically, is that a good fit? The reverse of that, I think, is in Denver because, like, I'm not saying Russ will be good, but I do think Sean Payton can create a system where Russ is, like, boring, where Russ is, like, back to being, like, the 16th best quarterback in the NFL. Like, he does not have a lot of touchdowns, does not have a lot of interceptions.
0: They're going like, to win a lot of, like, 14 to 10 football games.
1: Yeah, and he keeps them just very regimented. He doesn't let him improvise, and he just tells Russ, hey, look, your career's in shambles. You have to follow my guidance for a year. I'm a Hall of Famer. And then I can get you back onto your Hall of Fame trajectory. And I actually do think that can work. Uh, so I, I, I would trust Denver a little bit more than Cleveland, personally, just because i trust Sean Payton more than Stefanski. But obviously, look, I I have an emotional attachment to the Watson situation because of how much hell he put my franchise through and our fan base through uh, for an entire year that we will never forget. Hell, hell he put us through with all his bullshit trying to get his way to the Dolphins. So I am biased. But I will acknowledge it is possible that he's the Deshaun Watson of old and they win 11 games. That's certainly on the table. They don't really have the division for that, though. I'll say that. Like, it's not like they're in the AFC South. Like, he could be himself and still be the third best quarterback in that division. Yeah,
0: because I look at the division right now, I think Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. That's what I think with those four. Um, the biggest question mark to me still is Vegas this year. I, I just feel like, like, look, I don't think you could go worse, but for me, it's their defense. I still feel like, and I know. Um, I remember. I think I said this with you or someone else, where I could see them being like a big, like a Big Twelve or an SEC team, or Big, big Ten actually, because Big Ten had a lot of shootouts this past year. Where, look, offensively, they look great, but then their defense is still not the best. And I know Miguel came at me for that, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I still think that with them. And then I'm going back to what I said earlier with the NFC North. I'm not ready to fully give that seal for the Lions to break their playoff drought yet. Just just because, look, with the Lions, I feel like last year it's the same as 2021. You know where everyone got kind of high on them. Everyone's like, oh, look at this team. They're good. And then the Lions this year barely missing. I just want to see how they adapt to that pressure to where it's no longer, hey, we need to see improvement. It's now, hey, you got to make the playoffs. Because there's a huge difference between that and the NFL of being get back to relevancy and then get back to the playoffs.
1: I I still wouldn't discount Green Bay either. Like, I understand that because they got rid of Rodgers, everyone's going to say they're rebuilding. I think Love will be good. Yeah. Love will be good. I think the team still has a lot of veterans of their core of the last few years. Like Jair Alexander is still there. Aaron Jones is still there. Uh, Kenny Clark is still there. (laughs) So they still have, like, a lot of the foundation that they built under the Rodgers NFC Championship game teams. Uh, So – I wouldn't completely rule them out if love is good and they have a good coaching staff. Um, but obviously, Detroit uh, will yeah. see.
0: Um, I, have a, I have a question for Danny. Yeah. Um, what are you going to think when you see Sam Darnold in the NFC Championship game for San Francisco this coming January?
2: <laughs> I mean, I think if there's ever a system for him to be set up to do well in, it's going to be there. But we all know Purdy's the guy there. I mean, unless Purdy's going down again, I don't think Sam's going to be playing that NFC Championship game. But if he does, man, hey, man, you know, I, I, it's, I'm it's, i not wishing any harm on him at all. You know, it wasn't really – he was set up to fail here. So he was a good guy, but he just wasn't our answer. So, I mean,
0: all the best to him. I, I, I just think with – and also, too, I'm saying this to San Francisco. Uh, for losing to Rico Ryans, I think bringing in Steve Wilkes, his defensive coordinator, was a huge W for that organization because I know – We saw what happened in the Carolina last year. Those guys played for him, rallied for him. That defense was going to rally around him. Um, And I still think now, if you're San Francisco, I don't know if you do that trade again with Miami. Because, look, if you want to call for Trey Lance, I... Let's get into that. Do we think there's actually a team that trades for him on draft night? Or do we think this is going to be like a mid-summer thing? No, not draft night. Definitely not
1: draft night. If you're San Fran, I just don't think you can risk it. Because... Like I just feel like we, we, like I said earlier, like on us, like storylines in the NFL kind of repeat themselves over time. Yeah. Like, how many times have we seen like a quarterback coming off a serious injury, and we're told like in January and February, yeah, all systems go for the fall, yeah. and then they're not playing the first month of training camp, and then they're not playing in the preseason game, and then it's like, oh, we don't think he'll be ready for week one, and then it just kind of lingers and lingers and lingers, and you're like. Are we going to see this guy anytime soon? Like, are they really – if Brock Purdy misses – like, we talked about this with Rodgers, and I know Brock Purdy – it's different because Purdy knows the system. Are they really going to play Brock Purdy in the regular season if he misses all of training camp? Like, that seems risky to me. So I don't see why San Francisco would move their insurance policy with Trey Lance on draft night before they have more security on Purdy's injury. I will say, though, if you watch that rap sheet segment on trading Trey Lance, it is kind of interesting that he kind of talked about it like a – it's when not if that's how he he's saying like, yeah, once they know Brock Purdy's healthy, they'll trade him, but they don't know that yet. And it's like, wait a minute, they've already decided to trade, tr- trade, trade Lance. You're kind of bearing the lead here. Like, like he, he kind of thinks it's going to happen soon. So.
0: And, and that's the thing too, because I know there was that article, but then I know Do- I, like, look, everyone's finally discovering the secret of Dove Kleinman, which I find hilarious. Um, but he had the article that came out that was clickbaity. Sure. But they said still, Hey, the fact that with Purdy, worst-case scenario is we don't see him until 2024. Kind of makes you think, look, I think you can run a potential Darnold-Lance system or you can flip-flop them either way. So San Francisco's in a really peculiar position. But with the NFC West, I still think there's a lot of question marks surrounding Seattle just because, look, they were that darling team, week one win. But then we really saw their true colors come out towards the end of the season last year. So... I think between them and LA, it's going to be a very interesting two-three battle. And I only say that because, like, look, we said this earlier. Arizona, I think their best case is four wins next year.
2: And and with Seattle, like you would think they're they're going to want to take a quarterback as well. Like they can't put all their eggs into the Geno basket, man.
0: I think that's an Anthony. I think that's a potential Anthony Richardson landing spot. To be honest with you.
1: Well, it, it, it's very tricky because I do think, like, like Gino genuinely played well. He had 30 yeah. touchdowns last year. Like, mm. and the NFC, the NFC, the other thing is the NFC quarterbacks are really bad. Like, yeah. he is genuinely one of the better NFC quarterbacks already. And it is kind of a win-now team. They did come off a playoff season. But the Seahawks are not a franchise that picks in the top five very often. So it could be a situation where you do love Gino. You do want to keep playing Gino. But... Man, are the Seahawks really going to get a chance to be in fifth overall again? Like that—that's why. If they do it, I think that's why. It's not because they know that they're going to move on from Geno in a few years, but it, it's just like, ha, huh, we really don't get this chance very often. We have to take it.
0: Yeah, and then the other one too is um, Detroit. Where do they go? Because they have six and eighteen, so it's like. And by the way, Seattle's a team where at five, I can see them potentially being a trade-back candidate. Just for the purpose of, if there's a desperate team out there that's purgatory right now that really wants a quarterback, jump up to five, depending on what the Colts do. Because I think the Colts are a true wild card come Thursday night. So Seattle at five, I think that's a potential landing, like that's a landing spot for where, hey, don't look at Arizona, don't look at Indianapolis to trade up. Look at Seattle right there, because if Seattle can run away with a haul, I think it only helps them long term. My
1: my like kinda hot take on that from the draft is the Lions should be the team that draft the quarterback. Now, unlike Seattle, they probably will pick in the top five again, like <laughs> just historically them as a franchise. But yeah. uh we have more evidence that Jared Goff is not a franchise quarterback than we do Geno Smith. And I know I know that sounds crazy, but Geno has not played much for ten years. So he doesn't have the hits. He doesn't have the amount of starts. He doesn't have the proven failures that Goff has had over the last, like, six years. So I actually do think it's arguable that Geno hasn't been given as much of a chance as Goff has yet, whereas Goff you kind of already know. And that team is good. That team with, like, a with an elite quarterback can win the Super Bowl in a year or two. But I, I suspect they will not do this. There's not even a lot of buzz about it. There's really not a lot of buzz of them the of Lions picking a quarterback. But I think they should consider it at six, first thing.
0: I I think so as well. And for me, offensively, look, um, besides their offense having a gambling problem, um, which, look, we'll get into in a minute, I don't like the Jamal Williams out, David Montgomery in situation for your RB2. I think Jamal Williams is the better player. I think David Montgomery, he has his flashes here and there, but that's another one, too, when it comes to fantasy football. Like, I think Detroit and Orleans, those running back situations, just avoid with the draft. Jamal Williams, maybe, in case Alvin Kamara is suspended. But when you look at a team like Detroit, it's like, what other holes do you have to fill, besides? And let's talk about it. Their their gambling problem.
1: It's it's really unfortunate what happened to Jamal Williams, man. Like being suspended – i mean, not Jamal Williams, uh, Jameson. James, being suspended for it is—you are allowed to bet. For those that don't know, like they had a bunch of people who bet on an NFL game. And I disagree with the internet on this. I do think the punishment should be strict. I, I did think Calvin Ridley look, I don't know whether a year is fair or whether eight games is fair. I don't know. But I do think an NFL player betting on an NFL game is a massive, massive thing. I do not think the NFL should treat that lightly. And all these football writers on the internet that are like, oh, it's 2023 let people gamble. That's dumb. They have a, the NFL has a relationship with Drop Kings and FanDuel. They need to give Caesars. Encounters game integrity to their betters betting is a huge part of the revenue stream now you have to take that seriously you cannot let football players bet on games under no circumstances so I I do not fault them for suspending those guys pretty harshly but Jamison Williams bet on a non NFL game but he did it from an NFL facility and that's why he got six games that to me is really unfair like Jamison Williams can bet from his house but he does it at the Lions practice facility like on his phone that's in violation of NFL rules that's a little much for me, and on a non NFL game, I don't think the rule should be that punitive. Uh, so it's a shame that he got six games.
0: Yeah, but I do agree with you though. For the, I know everyone's like, I know with Calvary, everyone's like, oh, it's just this and this. I'm like, guys, the fact that when shady shit happens, like, like Danny and I were talking about this Saturday because guess who put money on LeBron James to have a good night and didn't have a good night? Um, <laughs> me. Um, that's why I stick to hockey. Um, with that being said, he called, like, look, like when people say, oh, Vegas made the call, this, this, and this, if you have NFL players betting on NFL games, it just, it, the reputation of, look, like you said, gambling is a huge revenue stream, huge. There are three books that the NFL is associated with. Like you're saying, FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, books, of, I, Big Rat, I'm not sure what you use just because you're in Florida, but for Danny and I, those are books that him and I use, even though I for some reason, I suck at Caesars. Um, but with that, and look, gambling's become a big part of the show. Gambling's become a huge part of sports in general. You see commercials for it no matter where you're watching. It's in with the NFL Network's commercials, along with insurance, beer, mail enhancement, and pizza. But with sports gambling, it's something you have to take seriously. Like if NHL players are betting on the NHL, if NBA players are betting on the NBA, tell them, guys, you can bet on any other sport. Just do not bet on your own, because like you said, If stuff like this continues to happen, and there is shady shit called that really throws the lines off and fucks up the... Not even fucks the books, but will fuck the consumer over, it's going to turn people and deteriorate people away from gambling. Not us three, because we're degenerates at heart. But I completely agree with you on that stance. Meanwhile, Jameson Williams, I think if... Look, I think with these punishments, you either can't be soft or you can't be too strict, I feel like you have to find a happy medium where, look, you're either going to say, look, if you bet on sports from your team's facility, a team hotel, because, and also people are wondering how do they track this, those apps are really good at tracking people. They ask you for your location because, look, it's not like it's allowed everywhere. Here in Ontario, it's under the Ontario iGaming umbrella. The second I step outside of Ontario, I cannot use those apps. Those apps will basically kick me off. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, follow the rules because the more and more and more stuff like this happens, it's just going to look like a red flag on the league and it's going to deter people away from gambling. Those people you know who are like, hey, I bet my hard-earned money on this and something shady went down. It just, it, It's not a good look for the league. The more it happens and then the more, look, I know we have all of our problems with officiating. I do it blatantly every week when there's a bad call. But when you do it on games versus random teams, from our perspective, there's no winning. There's absolutely no winning for anyone involved. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk on gambling. Yes, sir. That's why they're
2: identified as a uh, sports entertainment business and not a sport, though. What?
1: Uh, NFL, NBA. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I did not know that. Is that what, yeah. you're, you're, not, you're like not messing around. This is not like a wrestling joke. Like they're actually no, they're, I'm, I'm dead serious. So um, they can't be sued in court. The,
0: the more sorry. you know.
1: Uh anyone excited for anything else about the draft? Um the- I, I'm looking forward to the quarterbacks and how many receivers go. That's my main thing.
0: Can I be honest with you? I think there's going to be more storylines that come out of day two and day th- more more or less. I was going to say day three. I think day two, when it comes to like your receivers and your tight ends and your running backs, then day oh, that one receiver
2: I- run. Yeah, that receiver run on day two is going to be
0: crazy. Jordan Addison, Josh Downs. My big thing is where Zay Flowers goes. So I know there's like a bunch of fan bases that want him. My big one too is, and I want to ask you guys this: How early does a tight end go in this draft? Mayor's I- moving up, moving up the board, man.
1: I saw and I saw I think I forgot if it was Schrager or Jeremiah one of them had a Kincaid going at like 15 to the Packers before they traded up to 13. Yeah. And I think I think 13 is probably a little too early. Because um, you know, r- running backs get all the grief drafting a tight end in the first round generally is not smart over the last like five years, like last 10 years really. Uh, but you know, this is a unique class. Everyone says it's the best tight end class of all time. So you could see, I guess, one of those guys going earlier than expected. I, I, my general stance is, it's from what everyone says, it's not that great in the first round. Like, I, forget, I think it was uh, Chris Ballard. One of the GMs said they only have 17 first-round grades on the entire class. There's 31 picks in the first round. That, that's almost not even half of the first round is first round quality players. And this it, this applies to the tight ends and it applies to Bijan Robinson too, and Jalen Carter, even though he has the off the field issues. Like there's so few first round quality guys that when they're there, take them. Don't be like, I can't take Bijan too early. I can't take Dalton Kincaid in the top 20. There's not that many first round quality players. Don't reach for a bad defensive end. That's how you wind up with the Michael Legnew of defensive end. Shout out to Danny from 10 years ago. Yeah. Draft first round quality players.
0: Um, the other one, too, and here's the big thing with this. If you remember 2011, there was the run in quarterbacks. Everyone was like, oh, why it was Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbard, etc." first-round talents. That was mainly because of the player strike. So I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying, look, and also I think Jalen Carter doesn't get out of the top 10, in my opinion. I think someone's going to take him. It's one of those things, too, where he's going to start to fall, and people are going to start to be like, oh, like, why is he falling and stuff like that. But then eventually someone's going to take him. He's going to go within the top 10. I don't doubt that. Like we said – Avoid the off-field stuff. It's like the Laramie Tunsil gas mask bomb thing all over again.
1: And, and like, if this if this were a better draft, then you could see how like, okay, he's good, but there's better bets. There's there's just not that many elite players in this class. Like, if you don't need a quarterback and Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson are off the board, like, why wouldn't you take Jalen Carter? Like, what are you gonna do? Like, you're not gonna take the running back either. So, kind of cornered, you know?
0: That, that 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 that's just the million dollar thing with this, though. It's like. If if you think the talent's there and you think the talent's going to be good for your team and going to benefit your team and be a star, don't overthink it. Just select the pick, run the card up to there. And by the way, I have two more things. I'm gonna. I've one thing I'm going to say quickly, and I know we were talking earlier about. I think there's three. Actually, I'm going to say this: four defensive linemen. That I think are first round that are going to be legitimate studs, and that's. I still think Jalen Carter's going to be that. I think Tyree Wilson's going to be that. I think Will Anderson's going to be that. And the other one is Lucas Van Ness. I think those are – because Van Ness just looks like a football player. Like, he looks like a guy that's just going to go out there and just eat you alive. Um, That's why I'm going to say this. But before we wrap up, I want to ask – and I'm going to end it with mine. For your teams individually, you you will give your team a good grade on the draft if they do the following, and either one of you can go first. I know Big Rat, your team's not picking in the first round, but I just wanted to ask you guys, like, you know, hey, what do you want – like, what do you want your team to do and what do you think your team should do?
2: For the for the full draft or just the first round? Oh, full draft, full draft. Uh, just just fill the fill the trenches, honestly. Fill the trenches, you know, make that make the meat and potato
1: picks, and that's really
2: it. Don't don't get too flashy. It,
1: it's a I love the Dolphins roster. This is the best Dolphins team on paper in my lifetime. Uh, there's a there's a lot of hype locally about the Dolphins finally winning a playoff. Not just. Making the playoffs, like making the playoffs is a big season for the Jets, big season for the Lions. Dolphins fans want to win a playoff game or at least get to the divisional round off the bye. Like that's the standards here after the Jalen Ramsey trade because everyone thinks their defense, I'll say it again, their offense last year was third in the NFL in yards per play. Third, third in the NFL in yards per play. The only two teams ahead of them, Kansas City and Buffalo. That's it. The Dolphins were ahead of the Eagles in yards per play on offense last year. And that's with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson playing five games. So their offense was elite. It just was. No one wants to admit it for whatever reason. Nationally, the offense was elite. It wasn't good. It wasn't very good. It was elite. Elite. And their defense was not great. Vic Fangio's coming in and Jalen Ramsey's coming in. And everyone thinks those two alone can turn the defense from not great to at least spring's top 10, we'll see. It is so bad that their right tackle position is so, so, so decrepit. Like, everyone so badly wants them to get a new right tackle because everyone hates Austin Jackson so much. Here's how, like, absolutely mind-blowingly depressing it is. They brought in um, – Griff, I don't know if you remember your boy, uh, Cameron Fleming. Of uh, yeah. They, they brought him in for a workout, and a lot of people want to sign him and want him to start.
2: That's how. That's how
1: bad it is. No, don't so, want that. Very clearly, that position first and foremost. That up just get a better tackle. That's it. Get a better right tackle. However you do it,
0: And then with me, I'm going to say this quickly before we wrap up. Like I said earlier, offensive line. Even though I still feel like they're not every. A lot of people want them to go down in the first round. I really want Darnell Wright out of uh, Tennessee. That's my. That's my like. Draft My my real draft crush at tackle is Skaronsky, but I don't think he's going to be there at 14. Um, wide receiver, and JSN I think is going to be good by feel like We're going to get leapfrogged, kind of like how the Giants got leapfrogged in 2021, why they moved back down. So I'm looking at the Zay Flowers. I'm looking at the Addison. I'm looking at Downs. Like, you know, those guys that are going to be going day two, day three, or someone from a random school, because that's just what Belichick does. And then cornerback. So my top, my two ideal. I actually have three ideal picks for day one, and it's Darnell Darnell Wright, it's Brian Branch, and it's Devin Witherspoon. One of those three, but like I said, I still think Witherspoon's going to be gone by the time he wow, gets there. Wow, Trey Young, hey, fuck! Sorry, you saw guys. that? Yeah, I did.
1: I, Holy I, shit! I thought you were ahead of me, so I thought you were going to spoil it, and then I saw the three go in, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, Trey game I, got, uh, I got I got I Wi-Fi cable now, so I'm like behind 30 seconds. Right. Sorry, Griff, we were listening to you. We were just watching the Celtics game on the side. Trey Young gets three to give them the lead with the second left.
0: That's nah, it's all good. It's all good. man. It's all right. Um, but yeah, that's just my thing with the Patriots, where it's like those guys, like I like like a Witherspoon, Porter, Gonzalez. Someone's going to be there. I just feel like Devin Witherspoon's like I think the best out of those three, but I still feel like Witherspoon's going to probably go top ten because he's someone who stocks raised significantly throughout this process the last three months.
1: And I, I love Darnell Wright. I would love Darnell Wright to go to the Dolphins. Yeah, that's my guy, too. Or Broderick.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then the one guy I think that's not being talked about a lot, but I feel like is going to be good in the NFL. And also, too, um, I'm blanking on his name, but it's the receiver from TCU. I don't think he's going to get drafted by the Patriots. But, he, yeah, he's yeah. someone like Matt Judon even came out and said that he wants the Patriots to take him. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I still feel like one of those two guys is going to be there. Also, hot take, if you want a running back on day two or day three that I think is going to have a good NFL career, look at Deuce Vaughn. He was great at Kansas State. I feel like he's going to be a guy that's going to be a But
1: yeah.
0: I'm not saying great career, but you know, he's, I think he's going to be one of those like day two or day three steals that like kind of, he, hey, he came out of nowhere. It's like the Darren Sproles kind of guy.
1: He's a badass. He's just so small. He's yeah. five six. He's tiny. He is this big. He, but he, he is an absolute badass. There's no doubt about it. It's just a test to see how much can you get away with.
0: Yeah, I still feel like he's like him and like Bryce are gonna have those moments where they're just gonna get, and then it's gonna be how do you bounce back from that.
1: I'm rooting for these receivers. I think they're getting a lot of grief. I want Quentin Johnson, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, all those guys to do well. Um, But we'll see. It's going to depend on where they land, and let's see how they do as rookies. Everyone says it's worse than the last few years. Okay, let's see how they do as rookies. JSN, though, I do think is a stud. He outplayed Garrett Wilson in college. I am not saying he's going to be better than Garrett Wilson in the NFL.
0: Wilson and Olave said in twenty twenty one he was their best receiver. He
1: he had he straight up outproduced Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Like he got more production than either of those two. Like he's a really fucking good player. I know he's not as big as Garrett Wilson is, but I think he's a stud. I think he's going to do really well. So, oh, and that's, I think and he's going to have a good year.
0: And the other thing, too, is with uh, Ohio State receivers, um, look ahead to next year's draft. Marvin Harrison Jr. goes, because he's going to have a hell of an NFL career. Um, and then with, the other thing I'm going to say quickly is, and I know Patriots got Kosicki, but I still think there's a chance they draft a tight end, and I'm not looking at the first-round guys. The two guys I'm looking at is Latu and Schoonmaker, because and those are going to be day three picks.
2: Fair. Okay, or total, I mean, total I- linebacker. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not really too too dialed down on the draft as I usually am this year, just because my Knicks are having such a great season. You know, I've been more of a basketball head right now.
0: I'm mean,
2: um, strong pick. I just I just know the
1: tackles. That's about it. And I guess the receivers.
0: Same. The team, like I know so. I, I, I I mainly know the tackles and the quarterbacks. To be honest with you, and the and the tight and the receivers. Like it's just those like the categories he paid the most attention to. Um. And then with me though, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. The first round, I'm having on his background noise because like how Danny's Knicks are having such a good playoff run right now. Um, and you want to talk about not closing out in the first round or winning a playoff series slash so think Big rat. I know your dolphins have been a long time. It's the same thing too, for my Toronto Maple Leafs. I know you guys aren't too fond on hockey, but they have the chance on Thursday night to win their first, first round in almost 20 years. And I'm sorry. I got to pay attention to that more. So, so the second that game's done and hopefully the Patriots, I feel like 14th won't be picked by then, but I'm basically going to have hockey on as the main thing Thursday night have the draft on in the background, but then Friday night it's all drafted, then Saturday, look, I would love to watch the draft all day. I did it last year because I had COVID during the draft, but I have a fiance who probably will say no to that. So and for everyone else to be like, Oh, this, this guys, that's just that's life. That's life. Honestly, there's
2: no up. there's no point of watching Saturday because it's just you can just read your Twitter. It's the same thing. You know, they oh. don't like they don't do all the theatrics and stuff like that. So
0: It's basically filling time. Like, I literally watched – like I said, I had COVID last year. I literally got it the day before the draft. So, Saturday, that's all I did. And it's literally not fun to watch. Like, if I'm home and stuff, like, I'll tune it on and whatnot. But for the most part, there. But the one question I have for you guys is, if you have to pick which network you're watching draft night, where are you going? ESPN. It's it's weird.
1: It's like, when I'm watching the general coverage, I would prefer ESPN. When I'm watching like my team pick, I do kind of prefer NFL Network just because Jeremiah will I think give me better information on how good my player is going to be relative to McShay and that whole team. But I think ESPN's overall production is cleaner, and Adam Schefter's like interjections about breaking news and about trades usually get in faster. So general coverage, ESPN. When my team's picking NFL,
0: I'm gonna say NFL Network or ABC for me. Just I like I like the College Guys' perspectives on it. Like, that's just how I go in the NFL network I like that. But then with ESPN, I'll probably tune into it once in a while. But anyway, guys, not a lot of crazy takes today. Unfortunately, sorry, Randy. Not a lot of DVOA today, but we'll get that soon after calm, the draft. Calm. We're calm right now. We're calm right I now. I will
2: say, though, I will say, though, Trent Sherfield signed with the Buffalo Bills and completely exposed to him. So get ready for him to Oh, my
1: God. But that's not what he said. He's being so misquoted. This always happens. God damn. Okay, I'll say it again. The Miami Dolphins were third in the NFL in yards per play. Third, third, third. I don't care. How was how Chip Kelly's offense the first year?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have to but save I the fireworks for last. Miami, that baby. offense that idiots Three think, determined oh, reads. oh, yeah. Idiots think it regresses as the year went along, right? They put 30 points in Buffalo twice in December and January. Twice. 0-5 stretch. Down the down the, uh, at the end of the season last
2: year, yeah, except for the Jets game, which was free,
1: and they played better at Buffalo than any team in the NFL did the entire season, except the Bengals team that actually beat them. Like horrible argumentation.
2: Big what? third place team. Big third place team. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Shut the
1: fuck up. Like Rogers is Rogers. Had a QBR, <laughs> Rogers who had a QBR. You love your QBR, right? Supposedly. He had a QBR of 39 last year. Zach Wilson had a, with a broken, With a broken thumb? Yeah, um, yeah, and the bad receivers. Da, 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 da. Yeah, sure. And he's old, he's only older. Last I checked, he doesn't get younger and healthier as he turns 40. He gets older and more beat up as he ages another year. How did Tom do uh, at 42? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tom – how did Brett Favre do on the Jets? Like, Jesus. This, how you, did he, how, he was doing great, and then he until, did even better the until, next year. He was doing great until the 40-year-old got hurt and tore his bicep. And yeah. then, how do you do on the Vikings? Yeah. Well, how do you do on the Jets? This is what happens to the Jets. This is why your
2: team sucks. You, soft. you, you fear Aaron Rodgers. Just yeah, like he yeah. went on to, went into Miami Christmas Day and won a must win Miami game. Beat them. Three, three and three.
1: Three and three. Three and three in the division. That's a terrible <laughs> Packers team. Three and three in the division. Book it.
0: <laughs> Guys, this is a blast. This is episode number 227. How to get them a little something. Of course, you know, you have to, you, you know, like I said, I was going to name the podcast something else, but I'm saying literally I'm going to call it Save the Fireworks for Last. Because this is what this has been.
1: Denver Broncos, the New York Jets.
0: Ooh, and with Nathaniel Hackett, too, the Nathaniel Hackett special. But anyway, guys, enjoy the draft. I'll be back on Sunday with McGarvin, Patriots POV. We're going to break down a majority of the Patriots stuff. We're also going to talk draft. And don't you guys worry, these two will be back soon because I got a lot of stuff to do because I plan on taking a break sometime in the near future. But anyway, guys, enjoy the draft. Have a good night. So
1: next 26 of